my name is Teresa Hildebrand, and this is Organized Chaos. We take a deep dive into living with intentionality, focusing on what's important in our lives so we can truly feel our best. It may feel chaotic at times, but with a little organization, the right mindset, and a ton of self-love, we can still thrive. Join me as we talk to other busy moms and experts who will share tips and strategies to help you reach your goals. Hope you enjoy this episode of Organized Chaos. Now, on to the show. Hey, welcome back to another episode of Organized Chaos. So today I have a special guest and he shares an incredible story. Now, I do have to say this is a little bit of a trigger warning because we do talk about a really hard topic, a really hard subject. So I highly suggest that you don't listen to this in front of your kids. But today I interviewed Patrick Fitzgibbons. He is a retired police commander from Colorado with over two decades of experience in various capacities. He is also a military veteran serving with the 82nd Airborne at Fort Bragg, North Carolina. Patrick holds advanced degrees in organizational development and leadership. He's a part-time college professor and enjoys mentoring and coaching the next generation of criminal justice professionals. He is an avid supporter of first responders and the U.S. military. And as some of you may know, my husband is a current law enforcement officer. So Patrick is also a sought-after speaker and coach to criminal justice organizations and personnel. He is a national outreach liaison for FHE, Health Shatterproof Program for First Responders. He also enjoys spending time with his family and friends, taking care of his body and mind, and of course, being the host and creator of the Criminal Justice Evolution podcast. So without further ado, here is Patrick. I am super honored uh, to have today's guest, and we have Patrick Fitzgibbons, and you know, I'm going to let him introduce himself a little bit more. Um, I just you know, tell the listeners a little bit more about you and how you got to where you are today. Well, Teresa, first of all, it's an honor to be on your show. Thank you so much for inviting me on. Well, my stories, uh, I'll kind of condense it, give you the condensed version. I spent uh, 23 years in law enforcement uh, in various positions. Uh, I ended up uh, retiring in 2019 as an operations commander. Now it's different in different departments, as you know, Teresa, with your, with your husband, Mark, uh, structure is a little different, but I was in charge of all the patrol operations. So that included uh, patrol officers, uh, any type of patrol operation I was in charge of. Now, when I retired, uh, I thought I was going to be living the good life and all this other stuff. And I did that for about a year. I traveled with my wife and we had a good time and uh, kind of relaxed a little bit, wrote a book during that time frame, a little micro book for first responders. But I, I started uh, entering a storm in my life uh, in about uh, December of 2020. Uh, my son attempted suicide, which uh, put me in a depression. He's fine now, got the treatment he needed. Uh, but then I went through a pretty contentious divorce uh, in 2021, at the beginning of 2021. And I got to a point where uh, I was severely depressed. I was isolating. Uh, I had suicidal ideation. And I did one of the things that's hard for a lot of first responders out there. Uh, and I reached out. And when I reached out and got the treatment I needed down in Florida at Shatterproof, a program called Shatterproof, uh, I was there for about a month. And it was what I needed to reset myself internally, physically, mentally uh, to get me back on track. Uh, and I know that's kind of a condensed version of how I, I got here today, but uh, now my mission, my goal is to connect first responders that are out there 
suffering, and a lot of us, a lot of them are. About 39% of, of people we know or first responders we know are suffering from anxiety, depression, or both, along with addiction. So now my role is to connect those first responders out there, maybe they're listening right now, who are suffering with the treatment uh, treatment options they, they need to, to thrive and go forward. Um, so that's where I'm at in, in my life. And uh, I have my show. I have a podcast like... Uh, like you mentioned before, and I've had it for about uh, almost seven years. It's called CJ Evolution. I'm just having a good time with that. So that's my condensed version, Teresa. Not sucking well, up too much time. A lot of well, lot of stuff in that couple minutes. Yeah, but you know, first off, I want to say thank you for your service. Thank you, and also thank you for sharing your story. Yeah. Um, you know, because it takes so much courage to, you know, not only go through what you went through, but also to share it. And, you know, make it so that you can actually create an impact in the world and really make a difference in someone's life if, you know, they're going through similar situations. So, you know, it, it seemed like as you were telling your story, because you condensed it, it almost seemed like it was something that just kind of like, it was like a, the turn for the worst, really. Yeah. But I know that some of this stuff kind of... Um, starts to happen before we even know what's happening. Mm -hmm. So I don't know if you found that where looking back in your life, could you see some of those things that maybe you kind of, I don't know, possibly turned a blind eye to, or just yeah. things that are red flags that now you see, okay, um, something was happening, you know, before the storm. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I, you know, I think the hard thing for me was, and I, I saw, I was pretty cognizant of what I was doing, but it was the way I was conditioned, I guess, and, and for lack of a better word, in law enforcement and the military uh, to suppress, you know, to, I, I saw what I was doing. I was isolating. I, uh, when I was getting in that state of, of depression, um, I would isolate. I started drinking. Now, uh, you know, looking back, I mean, it's easy to look back and say, oh my God, and when I was going through it, I, I knew what I was doing. I knew I was isolating, but that was my only coping mechanism at the time was to isolate because that's what I always did. You know, um, things were going bad. Uh, I started going through a divorce. What happened to my son? I started to withdraw, to isolate, go through bouts of depression. I was angry and I was, you know, it was, it was these various stages, uh, numbed myself with alcohol. So I saw all the red flags because. I'm not that smart, but I'm smart enough to realize that being in first, the first responder for, for a long, you know, world for a long time, this is what we go to all the time. Mm -hmm. Respond to calls like this. Okay. These are red flags. Um, so it's kind of hard to explain. I knew what I was doing, but yet I did nothing to mitigate it mm -hmm. until it got to a point where it was out of control. And one night I was in a bed with a gun, you know, drunk and wanting to kill myself. And, you know, I always tell people it was those proverbial two angels, you know, one angel was telling me I'm a POS and I need to kill myself. Another angel was telling me, look, you still got work to do. You got a lot to live for. What about your kids? And put down the gun and grab for the phone, grab the phone and reached out for help. Um, so, but a lot of us, and you know, and the listeners probably know that a lot of first responders don't do that. Mm -hmm. They end up killing themselves. And, but thankfully, um, I was smart enough to realize, uh, you know, that, uh, there was treatment out there and I reached out and I don't regret it. 
And you mentioned courage, you know, yeah, it takes a lot of courage for anybody who's suffering, not just first responders to reach out and ask for help. But uh, the moment I did, I felt a weight, you know, lift because I knew I was on the road to recovery. Now it took a long time and I'm still in recovery uh, and it's a constant process. But I tell people, you know, where I went, my treatment down in Florida and Shatterproof gave me the foundation. Uh, it wasn't the cure-all. I don't think any treatment is the cure-all. It just gives you the tools and the, and the foundation to, to take that and go forward in your life. But yeah, I mean, red flags were there. But I, you know, I'm glad things worked out the way they did, treatment or Teresa, because I wouldn't be here. Right. You know, every storm that we go through is a learning opportunity. And I'm constantly learning, you know, yeah. but now I want to give it back because so many of our brothers and sisters who serve, and I'm not just talking about cops, I'm talking about paramedics, you know, EMS, fire, whatever, dispatchers, military, mm-hmm. you know, they're suffering. But yet, you know, we've been conditioned, and I'll speak from the first, you know, the law enforcement side, we've been conditioned to suppress. Just don't talk about your shit. Mm-hmm. At least that's how I was. I'm a little old school. Um, but I think we're getting better, but we still have a long way to go. Yeah. Well, let's, let's talk about the work that you're doing. Mm -hmm. Um, first, how did you get, how did you know about this program? And then what is it that you do now to help others? And, you know, that could be in the situation that you were in back then. Well, I I'm blessed to, to have a pretty big network like you and, and your husband, um, with, with, you know, platforms like podcasts and things like that. So I've grown my network, uh, over the years. Um, and when I was going through my period, you know, I checked myself in, my sister took me to a hospital in Denver. I'm in Arizona now, but I was living in Denver and I checked myself into a hospital. I said, I need help. I'm going to kill myself. I got into the hospital and this is not a knock on, you know, the, the mental health system, but you know, I mean, law enforcement, first responders need a certain type of treatment because I think with traditional mental health treatment, it's kind of like a cookie cutter approach, in my opinion. Mm-hmm. So first responders need to get treated differently. And that's not saying we're better. It's just that we do things. We see things every day, as you probably know, that the public never sees, or maybe they see a handful of times in their life. We deal with it every day. So I got checked into, um, you know, I went there on an M1. We call it an M1 here in, in Colorado. I'm not, not sure what they call it in, in Colorado, but it's a, it's a mental health hold. But I checked myself in because I'm smart enough to realize that if I check myself in, I can check myself out. Mm. So I got in, realized this is not the place I want to be. It was like one flew over the cuckoo's nest with, you know, Nurse Ratchet running around screaming. And I was like, I just don't want to be here. I, I knew that there was a place through my network that there was a place for first responders. I just didn't know what the name was. So kind of irritated my sister, but I, I walked out after about four, four hours and they gave me some medicine to kind of stabilize me. And then the next day I started reaching out to my network. I said, you know, brother, sister, I need help. You know, I need some treatment. And then a good friend of mine here in Arizona reached out to me and, and said, Hey man, I, I know where you need to be. You need to be down in Florida uh, in a place called Shatterproof. Shatterproof and the parent company's Florida House Experience, or FAG, um, they have an amazing treatment program that is exclusively for first responders. Again, fire, EMS, fire, fire, EMS, dispatchers, law enforcement, ex-military. 
And so within 48 hours, Teresa, I was on a plane and in Florida in Deerfield Beach next to Boca, where the facility is, and went through the program. I was there for about a month. And what I love about this program is it's not just sitting around in group therapy all day. It is, they take a holistic approach, you know, breath work, yoga, you know, stretching, exercise, pull work, music therapy. But they also have a lot of cutting edge things like, you know, brain stimulation, neurofeedback, neurostimulation. So I immersed myself in the program. And after, a, uh, after about a month, again, taking the tools I um, gained from that program, which is the only one of its kind in the country, uh, then I, I came back. Now, when I was in the program, I knew, okay, because I'm a retired cop, and I knew that I wanted to continue working with first responders, and I wanted to continue to give back. And so I started talking to people, staff members. And the interesting thing about this program where I was at, Shatterproof, is like 80% 80 of the staff members are former patients. They're former first responders. Oh, wow. So that brings a level of trust among the first responders that are there. Mm -hmm. Because we just don't open up. Yeah, we don't open up to everybody. You probably know. And so I started putting the bug in here and say, I'm really interested in, in working here. And fate would have it. I started working for him. I've, I've been working for him for about a month and I, and I love it. My job as a national outreach liaison for, for the program is connecting those first responders out there, utilizing network and, you know, relationships to, to connect those first responders out there that are suffering with the treatment options, one of them being shatterproof. So I talked to a lot of people, uh, first responders, and, and my job now, among many other jobs, is to, to get them connected with the resources they need for their treatment and recovery. So I love it because it's something that I'm very passionate about. Uh, and there's so many first responders out there that suffer in silence. Mm -hmm. Now we can get into a culture of organizations and, and this and that. I think some organizations are better than others, but we still have a problem, a stigma behind mental health. Mm -hmm. And you being a first responder spouse, we've probably seen this over the years uh, where you know, there's still a lot of stigma and now some organizations again are better, but you know, we still, we, we have a lot of work to do in law enforcement to change that stigma and realize that there is help out there for, for first responders. And there's a lot of options out there. Like I said, with first responders, and you know, that your listeners probably do, but you really have to vet those resources and vet that treatment. Um, so that's what I do. <laughs> and I love it. I'm very passionate about it. Yeah. And it's amazing. Thank you for that. You're welcome. And, you know, something that I was thinking about as you were talking, um, just because it seems like, you know, you go through something so hard and then first you have this community that you tapped into, which, you know, just reinforce, reinforces that message of how important community is oh, yeah. and how important it is to have people around you that, can, can help you the way that your community did. Um, but another thing that I was thinking about was, um, you know, about growth, because mm -hmm. I know that you probably already had gone through a personal growth journey. Mm -hmm. And I mean, I'm just assuming, I don't know if this is true, but I'm assuming that because you had gone through a journey already, that the fact that something so tragic could have happened and didn't, but then you were able to not only take that, um, start to heal through it, but then also turn around and start to help other people, mm -hmm. you know? Yeah. So I, I feel like maybe 
that might've been part of it. And of course there, there might be more, but, you know, can you tell me if that, that might be a part of it that helped you, you know, get the help that you need, but also, you know, help others and feel, feel that pull to help others. Yeah. I mean, I think you hit it on the head, Teresa. And I like the way you stated that. Yeah. I mean, I, you know, because I've had a show for a long time and, and I was really good at, okay. Giving people advice. Okay. If you're suffering, this is what you need to do. You need to, here's some resources. You need to go out there and, and get help. But until you are in that pit, I call it a pit hanging on by three fingers, is the analogy I use and actually hit that rock bottom, which I did. I mean, I lost everything and it's not about the things, but it's about, you know, just hitting that rock bottom uh, until you reach that rock bottom. You, you really don't know what people are, are going through. I mean, I would tell people, you know, hang tight, it's going to get better. Well, if somebody has suicidal ideation and somebody is in that place, those are just words. They don't mean anything, in my opinion. Mm-hmm. So I think we as a society are really good at saying, oh, you're depressed, you know, you'll get through it. Mindset, meditation, all that stuff. And all those things are important. But for somebody who is in that space, they don't do anything most of the time. It doesn't do anything for them mentally. I was in that space. So I knew I had a couple options. I knew I could let go of the ledge of the pit, or I could reach up and slowly, uh, you know, crawl out of the pit and, and utilize my pain and utilize my suffering. And again, it's not about me, but utilizing what I went through to use that as strength to, to be very passionate about what I do now. And that's getting people help that they need or helping people get the help that they need. But again, it's interesting how life works out. I mean, it still amazes me how you know, I'm in treatment last year and now I'm helping people get connected with the treatment they need, Mm -hmm. but it takes hard work, you know, and there's no quick fix for the, for the people out there, um, you know, wanting to get help. I I always tell people too, is you're not an Island. Mm -hmm. And I thought that for a long time, you cannot go through this life, especially if you're suffering alone, you can, but it's probably not going to end up well, you're not an Island. And another thing I tell people is your problems, and I don't mean to sound mean, are not unique. Yeah, that you're going through some pain and suffering, and it sucks. Trust me, I've been there. But the problems you are going through right now, millions of others, first responders have gone through the same thing. Well, they don't know that I'm going through a painful divorce. Guess what? Somebody does. I went through that. I have suicidal ideation. Nobody can know how I'm feeling. Yeah, I know how you're feeling because I've been there. So again, and not to sound mean, but your problems, you can overcome your problems and your issues and the things you're suffering with by reaching out. But I've been in that state. Well, nobody understands what I'm going through. Yeah, people do. All you have to do is to take that first step. And that's what I love about, again, the the program I work for now is because I mentioned 80% of the staff are former first responders, military They've been there. They've done that. They walk the walk, they, but they talk to talk or the talk to talk, but they also, they walk the walk, they put action behind it. So I think that there are a lot of treatment options out there, but that's the one thing I love, really love about Shatterproof is because it, it works and it's designed specifically for the first responder community. Mm-hmm. But again, yes, you know, it's, it's using my pain, my suffering, my anguish, everything I went through as my strength. Now I have a purpose. And the one the one thing I, I would just mention really quick, Teresa, is the one thing I, I kind of discounted when I retired is, um, and I think this leaded to a lot of my depression, is 
So much of my identity was tied up in being a first responder, being a police officer for 23 years. Mm -hmm. And when I retired, I didn't think it would affect me the way it did. It did. Mm -hmm. Now, looking back on it, because so much was tied into my profession. And when I lost my profession or retired, left, it was like, I didn't realize it at the time, but it was like, in retrospect, I look back and said, well, who am I at that time? So I had to find my purpose. I had to find a mission, a new mission, because as first responders, this is how we're wired, most of us. Okay, what's the next mission? Mm-hmm. And this is my mission now. Yeah. So now I have not only obviously my family and, and friends and to live for, but now I have this mission to live for to, to help others. Yeah. Yeah, I, I love that you brought that up because I think a lot of people can relate to kind of maybe losing your identity when you mm-hmm. make a shift in your life. Yeah. Um, I know that when I, I was a working mom for many years and then I came home, um, to work on our business, but, you know, to also be home with my kids. And there was a period of time where I did feel that, that awkwardness about, I I always found myself to be like in the corporate world or the Mm -hmm. working mom. And it, it just felt strange to, to make that shift in my life. And I, I couldn't pinpoint what, what it was. Um, but I, I think you kind of nailed it where, yeah. you know, it's the purpose, right? Like I, I needed to find that purpose and it's not to say that, you know, my kids are not important or I, I don't love them and I don't want to be around them. It was, well, I needed to find something that would really excite me, mm-hmm. um, that I would be doing in the, that new role as, um, a a working home mom. Yeah. So I can, I can relate to that. Um, let's, uh, shift gears a little bit just because I, you know, we're on a podcast right now and I know you have a podcast. (laughs) Um, so tell me a little bit about your podcast. That is the number one criminal justice podcast, right? That's ranked number one. Yeah. it, it does well. <laughs> it's not, because, <laughs> you know, not because of me. I think, I, I think, you know, I'm part of it, obviously, but I, I it's just the, the guests mm-hmm. I have on the show. I've had your husband on the show, Mark, who's an amazing individual and he is inspiring. And he's also serving as a first responder, much love for Mark, but I have guests like that on the show who are inspiring, motivational, uplifting, so my show, I started it almost seven years ago. Like I said, it's a criminal justice show. And I do talk about issues. I do talk about like use of force and some hot topics. But I like talking about, I like having guests on that are going to inspire mm-hmm. and motivate. Because I'm not knocking law enforcement, but again, it's a toxic environment for the most part. I, don't, I didn't want to show that when I was sitting around telling war stories and how many people we arrested. you know, And that's cool sometimes. But I wanted... Cops are already immersed or criminal justice professionals are already immersed in the negative day to day. So I wanted to show again, that motivates and inspires. So in the last couple of years, I've kind of pivoted a little bit uh, to, to that goal was, is having, you know, people on that are like entrepreneurs, you know, because a lot of law enforcement have side gigs. Okay. How do you become a better entrepreneur or a successful entrepreneurs? Uh, entrepreneur. So I've had best-selling authors on and private sector folks that come on the show, nutritionists, 
because it's all important money people that teach you how to do your finances better because it all is applicable no matter what you're doing. Um, but I love, I love having those guests on, uh, mental health's a big thing now. So I have guests that come on and talk about mental health. So I've had it again for almost seven years, about 480 episodes or something like that. Uh, so I'm blessed, Teresa, to, to have this show and this outlet and this platform to, to, to talk to amazing guests, to, to get good content out there that's going to be beneficial to whoever's listening. And my demographic happens to be first responders. Mm -hmm. So I love it. That's another uh, project that I have that I'm very passionate about. Um, I love the show. I also do speaking. I go to law enforcement agencies sometimes and speak. Um, and I, I tell my journey, you know, and I encourage law enforcement uh, to reach out if, if they're suffering. I also talk about leadership and, and things like that, but very passionate about the show and the show's growth and the popularity. Again, I'm part of it, but it really is the amazing guests that I'm blessed to have on the show. Well, that's really inspiring. Um, so, you know, as we kind of wrap this up, I want to see if there's anything that we didn't touch on that you feel, um, you know, people would want to hear that would be really important for people to hear. Yeah. Like, I, like I said, your story. Well, like I said, I mean, it, it seems simplistic, but I know it's hard is if you are suffering, if you are thinking there's nowhere to turn and people won't, uh, get what I'm going through people. There's are people out there that understand what you are going through. And please, uh, again, if you're suffering from a variety of issues, whatever that, uh, whatever those are, please take that first step. You know, if it's not a program like Shatterproof, then, you know, it's another treatment facility or, you know, whatever kind of treatment you need. Uh, you can reach out to me. I'm sure you can reach out to, to Mark, Teresa's uh, uh, husband. Just take that first step. You can do it. You're a first responder, you know. You can do that. Just take that that step forward towards your recovery. Thank you so much. It's been truly an honor to Thank have you, you here. I know Mark talks about you all the time, so it's <laughs> it's really it's really great to have had yeah, you Mark's, on. Mark's the man. Yeah, and you're wonderful too, Teresa. I'm a little biased, but yes, yeah. <laughs> he's amazing. <laughs> yeah, he's a great guy. Yeah, thank you. So, you know, if people want to check out your podcast or mm -hmm. you know check you out on social media, how can they find you? Thank you. I, I, everything can be found. My social media links, everything. My shows are on cjevolution.com. Cjevolution.com. You can find out everything about me. You can reach out to me. I love to hear from people. I promise I will answer you if you reach out to me. Not some automated thing. It's me. So cjevolution.com, you can find out everything you need to know. Perfect. And I will add all of that to today's show notes. So thank you again, truly an honor to have you on the show. Thank you so much for your time. Absolutely, Teresa. Thank you. Hey, if you love listening to the podcast, please leave us a rating and review on Apple Podcast. On iTunes, go to the show and scroll to the bottom underneath ratings and reviews and click on write a review. Thanks so much for listening and tune in to our next episode.